and welcome to Introducing Me. I'm your host, Sarah. I started this podcast to get to know other people and lifestyles while discovering more about myself. Each episode, I will give a new guest a chance to discuss their background, culture, interests, or whatever they want to talk about to help increase all of our own worldviews. Today, I would like to introduce you to JJ, or the Retired Spy. He is a veteran of the intelligence branch of the Canadian Armed Forces. He is now a human behavior specialist focusing on the DISC assessment. So I'm happy to have JJ here today to tell us more about his service, Canada, what he's got going on. So thank you so much, JJ. Why don't you go ahead and tell the audience more about you? Uh, thank you, Sarah. Um, so my full name is Jean-Jacques Joseph Brun. So I was born and raised in a French village up in uh, northern Ontario, Canada. Jean being my, my given name and Jacques because uh, that's my godfather. And because we only had one Roman Catholic church, I, uh, I get the name Joseph. So Jean-Jacques Joseph Brun. Uh, translated, it'd be John Brown. So... Uh, but it's always been a challenge to pronounce it. And when I was overseas on my second uh, operational tour, um, there was a British colleague in the office and uh, he needed something on my desk. Uh, and he said, hi, Jai Jai. And there was only two of us. So I'm like, I connected the dots. Oh, Jean, Jacques. Okay. And I, I answered and I got branded. So it became a working name or a nickname. Uh, and people like it because it's easy to remember and it's also very easy to spell. The, the pushback came with my mom, as in when she found out that, you know, I've, I've been using JJ as a, as a name. And she said, why, why don't you like your, your, your given name? What's, what's, what's wrong with Jean? And then I had to explain to her mom that, no, no, it's just that the Anglophones have a hard time with Jean. And, you know, and, and it's just easier for them to, to say JJ. So. And then the retired spy, well, that came about the fact that I worked within the intelligence community. But when I retired, because I spent 20 years in the military, uh, five years with the combat arms, but 15 within the intelligence branch. And when I retired from the intelligence branch and people were introducing me at network events and they would say, well, who's, who's, who's that guy over there? Oh, that's JJ. And he used to be a spy. So that whole, it used to be a spy. He's a former operative. And it's just something that I couldn't get um, to, to shake off because your brand is what people say it is. So I just accepted JJ, the retired spy, has that little curiosity. Uh, but the first career was 20 years in the military. And then when I uh, decided to retire from the military by choice to start my own training company. So my second career, and we're in year 25 now of uh, me being the president and the chief operating officer of DHC Training Solutions. The DHC stands for Decoding Human Capital, looking at everybody as having a human capital waiting to be discovered. Uh, because with my two operational tours, one in Cyprus, which was peacekeeping, uh, and the other was in Bosnia, Herzegovina, in regard, and it was peacemaking. We had to enforce it. And my role there, and back then, my claim to fame is I was the first one selected for the role of a contact handler um, since the Second World War. So a contact handler for the audience that don't, don't know uh, is a person where he or she is sent into a hostile environment, normally a war zone. So for me, it was in Bosnia, where he or she has to cultivate sources, as in build relationships by design, not by chance. Determines people's intentions, as in 
being able to read them uh, and change their behaviors if and when required. You know, motivate them to come and wear the, the team Team USA jersey or the Team Canada jersey. So at the end, I had a hundred people working on my behalf or as in, informing me of what's actually happening on the terrain. Uh, because within the intelligence community, I specialize in a field of human intelligence. So that would be on the ground, looking to build those relationships, uh, get a pulse of the people, what's happening on the ground so that we can advise the commanding officers, our peers, uh, so that they can make an informed decision as to where to put the resources in order to maintain uh, that whole uh, peace uh, making uh, mandate that we had back then. So two careers, one in the military and now 25 years and with uh, operating as the chief operating officer for DHC Training Solutions. And so this first career in the military that then got you coined as the retired spy, as a kid, were you someone who was like, oh, I'd really love to be a spy? It, no, it has, it never came, to, like, it, it's not like uh, one day in high school, uh, one day I shall be a spy. Uh, it never came. Um, high school was hard for me. Um, um, low self-esteem, low self-worth, um, uh, not knowing what am I supposed to do? Because when you're in high school, it's a big step up. You, know, you go into high school, this is where you're supposed to take uh, uh, courses or a career path or identify a career path. And you have a lot of pressure from your family, from mom, dad, your uncles, your aunts, your cousins, uh, your, your teachers, your, your uh, other students in regards to uh, what are you going to do after high school? What, what do you want to do? Uh, where are you going to go? And you just don't know. Uh, I don't know. Um, the only thing that interested me or that I had uh, fun with uh, or I had a pleasure is sports. So at one point, my second year, you know, joining the football club, uh, then it was the basketball, then I was a shot putter for, for the, univers uh, for the uh, high school. So every year it was football, basketball season in the winter, and then in the spring, shot put, track and field. So it kept me within a group and it kept me you know, focused, but it was, school was hard, as in I was not one to be able to read something and, 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 and know it by heart. I had to practice, 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 read, 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 and rewrite, rewrite my notes in order to be able to pass high school. And then in high school, uh, my dad said, well, if you're going to go to university, you know, pick something that you'd like. Well, the only thing that I liked was, was phys ed. So that's where I went to university and I got into a, the phys ed program, uh, not realizing what the, that's all about. But it, I always had a struggle in high school in regards to uh, interpersonal relationships or understanding myself in regards to my strengths, uh, my blind spots. And uh, because we do tend to compete, right, or compare ourselves, a better word, compare ourselves with uh, our other um, friends. And someone just had a, a natural ability of understanding things like uh, in algebra. I'm like, and the teacher goes, well, you know, where's the X? Well, uh, you lost it. You find it. That was my approach. I'm like, I wasn't wired to do algebra. It, it doesn't, you know, it didn't pick my curiosity uh, so much. Uh, physics, I kind of liked understanding how things work. Uh, but when we came to, uh, like, uh, there was a class uh, on uh, typewriters. Back then, we were learning how to do how to type. Well, 
I'm like, well, that will serve me well. I'll, I'll learn how to use a typewriter. But that's not the main reason why I took the class. Because there was a lot more girls in the classes, in typewriter class, than guys. It's like, so for two years, I'm in the typing class. But then you actually have to be able to write, you know, 25, 30, 40 words a minute uh, without any typos. So you know, two years was enough. Um, but it, it was all about how do you interact with people? Somebody, you know, people had a natural ability of just having the, the gift of the jab, you know, of the, of the gab. What's the saying? The gift of the... Um, I feel like it would be gab. I've, I haven't gab, heard the yeah. phrase, but that seems to make sense. Yeah, as in they just have a, a, a natural ability of being able to, to connect and talk with anybody at any time. That was not my case um, growing up in in, uh, in high school. So for me, it was it was uh, it was always a struggle. I was like, "What are you going to talk about?" And fast forward, when I was then volunteered, as I was, I didn't volunteer. I was voluntold that you're going to Bosnia, and you're going to be a contact handler, and we're going to send you to spy school in the UK. You're going to become a contact handler. Then you're going to deploy, and and then you're going to uh, represent us and you're going to be the first Canadian and it's um, it was stressful because I was having what I would call a survivor moment you know the series survivor you never want to be the first one voted off the island right and I didn't want to be the first Canadian voted off to never send another Canadian to do this role so maybe a little bit of self pressure uh, put on myself but that was a concern of Okay, well, I've learned all the mechanics of how to be a contact handler. But what was missing at, at that school is, is the ability to read people and then the ability to uh, interact with them. So how do, you, how do you master interpersonal relationships? Uh, how do you decode one's preferred communication style? How do you say the same thing in a different way so that they can say yes to you more often? So it was more, uh, I was left on my own to understand more about the different uh, personas, the temperament styles or the personalities, our, our character, our preferences. And by identifying it, then being able to decode one's preferred communication style. Uh, and then from there, say the same thing uh, in, in, in a different way so that they can receive your message versus resist your message. So everything that I struggled in high school, I had to go to, a war zone to learn, you know, because I because I want to win. I want to be recommended for other operations, and then once I I found the oh a model of reference, and in this case happens to be the four temperament model of human behavior, also known as the DISC model. Then it's like oh I started studying and mastering it. Uh, to today uh, I have over thirty thousand hours within that field of studying and teaching and training. The people uh, in that. So it's funny that they're in the in the arena or in the speaking arena. Quite often, we will hear that your mess is your message. Well, my mess base in high school was to how do you how do you do that? How do you have that natural? What do you say first? And, and so finding out that it's the power of the question. The better you are at asking questions, the better you're going to be able to carry a conversation. The better you carry a conversation, the better you're going to be. At establishing and maintaining a relationship so relationships well before that you have to have a conversation before you have a conversation do you have some good questions you know the open-ended questions 
that that are meaningful. Uh, and for me, what was really made a difference is is, is practicing and memorizing the 10 most effective feel-good ice-breaking questions. So it's very mechanical. However, uh, I'm wired that way. I'm very task-oriented in, in everything that I do. Uh, and that's just a small group of the general populations because the mass tends to be more on the people side. And I had to learn how to say the same thing in a different way so that it re resonates. My daughters are very much from uh, the people side, my, my spouse, my wife. My business partner, very much on the people side. My son, definitely on the task side. So learning to say the same thing in a different way. You wouldn't parent the same way. You wouldn't uh, mentor the same way. You wouldn't coach the same way. You wouldn't train the same way when you know a lot of people have a different persona. Uh, and then when you're able to identify it, it makes it easy to pass your message. So I, I can receive now that everything that I went through, that character building moment, in high school, all those years, those five years, you know, sets you up in regards to learning. And now I'm able to share with others what I've learned uh, in regards to when you need to connect by design and not by chance, whether it's parenting, so whether it's in your personal life or on the, on the corporate and professional life. Uh, connecting with people does not have to be left to chance. You just have to have a model of reference. And in today, today's society of inclusiveness, it's a common language. But the four temperament model of human behavior in psychology is known as the wellness model. And it's not meant to label, categorize, or pigeonhole. It was designed to better understand people, to celebrate their differences versus tolerate their differences. And, and it's just not to pass judgment. So in this environment, you know, to be more inclusive, uh, I now find myself uh, having an opportunity to implement a common language within an organization. And once they have this language, once they have this knowledge uh, of the four temperament model of human behavior, they're in a position of celebrating people's differences versus tolerating, seeing that people don't do things to you, Sarah. People do things for themselves. We have different needs, different expectations. And when you're able to recognize, decode that person's preferred communication style, then you can meet that need. Sometimes I have to communicate in a firm manner because that persona wants that type of language. So in Bosnia, there was a lot of uh, persona that that's the message that if you don't speak in a firm manner, they're, they're not going to receive it. Others, you know, you got to be fun. So put a smile on your face as in, you know, as, as a, because they want to have some fun and they want to enjoy the, the conversation. Sometimes you're just going to have to change that tone and, and don't really be focusing on coming across as friendly. And no judgment. So there's nothing wrong being the nicest people and the person in the world. Right. So and then sometimes mm, they got to go facts, just the facts, just the facts. So very factual. So when you're decoding one's preferred communication style, uh, I call this the four F's to connecting. Uh, I did a talk not too long ago. Uh, I think I. Yeah, they, they put the website, I mean, they put the video on the website. Uh, it was in last May. And uh, the title was How to Successfully Navigate Hostile Environments Using the F Word. So the whole thing of navigating as in tacking your way through that sometimes you have to be firm, fun, friendly, and factual. So that talk is actually on our website. It was quite uh, humorous. It gets your curiosity when you say, oh, he's going to drop the F-bomb. Yeah, but they're, they're the nice F-bombs. They're not the, the bad F-bombs.
Yes. Yeah. And, you know, knowing communication styles, working to make sure your message is received in a good way is definitely important. And we can, of course, get back to that. But I want to see, make sure I understood something. When did you first kind of start studying communication preferences and styles? Was it when you were first deployed or was it kind of after you started in that first mission? Um, well, I had a fight with dad. When I was at university, my first year in university, I had, I had a fight with dad. Uh, and I left university because I was tired of being told what to do and I joined the military. <laughs> so it doesn't make sense, but it's like I, I, I rebelled. And because I wasn't raised according to how I was wired. And uh, I was tired of being told what to do, so I joined the military. The military was an exit strategy. So it, it uh, and I did very well, as in the environment that I was in in the military, they were looking for my type of uh, character, personality, uh, temperament style. And I thrived, as in what takes you eight years, I did it in three years and 10 months. So through, like, I, I went really fast. Uh, the rank of sergeant that was done with you know, less than four years which normally takes eight. Uh, but then I decided, you know what, uh, infantry is, is, is fine, uh, but I need a, a, a change in career path because um, I, w- I wasn't going to be able to last with how, how physical I was with my body uh, for the, the 20 years, uh, which was, was the goal. When I went into the intelligence branch, well, I graduated, not a problem. Uh, and really got interested in the personas and personalities when I was sent to Bosnia. Because, see, I, I'm trained on the, on the task side of things. Great. I excelled at everything, every courses that uh, I had to, that focus on, on task. But here I was going to go to Bosnia and the focus is going to be on people. And I'm like, how do you do that? So I and, and then the military was not going to teach me anything like that. So it was more of a, um, there was back then uh, we, I was part of uh, a multi-level marketing um, company, uh, American Way. The acronym is Amway. Uh, and and we had all the their products. And I was looking at uh, diversifying because the military, you know, you don't you don't make a lot of money. So I was looking to to build a business at the same time and, and save some money. So Amway, with their household products, uh, worked out really well. And they had this program of, uh, they, back then it was the cassette of the week or the tape of the week and then the book of the month. So I started reading. And then, and then the book of the month, uh, one time was, uh, was Personality Plus. So Florence with Tower talked about sanguine uh, uh choleric, sanguine, uh, phlegmatic, melancholy. So they were naming the personalities based on medical terms. The content was good, just the terminology was hard to remember. Uh, and I just dissected the book. I highlighted, scripted, and, and then I, I was sort of like uh, manipulating it to better understand, okay, with the choleric, here's the approach to connecting. Uh, with the sanguine, okay, this is the approach to connecting. Uh, with the uh, phlegmatic and okay with the melancholy so I, I created my own little ways of okay now that i've learned how to be a contact handler i can do it in four different ways once i know their preferred communication style fast forward 
when I came back from uh, Bosnia, um, there was another book of the month, and it was Positive Personality Profile. Now, I didn't like the color of the book because it was Barney colored book. It had the acronym DISC, but it wasn't straight on. It was like like a like a side, like you had to flex. Like there was a message in the fact that you had to flex to, to read the message. But I didn't like the fact that, you know, maybe I, everything has to be so squared for me. Uh, but in the back, they had a website. And I'm like, personality plus, you know, personality insights. And I'm like, what's that? Dot com. So I go there. And they had, and then when I got on the landing page, there was a little certificate, so you could be certified as a human behavior consultant. I'm like, I never knew that existed. If I had known that it existed, I would have, I would have done that before. So I looked at where Atlanta was on the map. Oh, well, I went, I've been to Charlotte, North Carolina, yeah, a one day drive, uh, and then this much more, you know, on the map. Oh, that's not too far. Uh, I'll book myself and I'll go get certified. Uh, that, by the way, is four more hours of, of, of driving, which is a stupid to do this in one day, uh, which I did anyways. Uh, but that was me before uh, out of control. And it was a three-day program with uh, Dr. Robert Rome and his team. And it was uh, to be accredited and certified in uh, doing workshops uh, with the, the four temperament model, with the DISC model of human behavior. So you're going to be accredited and certified where you can go into any organizations. So for me, well, I was going to use this in the military uh, and teach them the four temperament models. So perfect. And I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that this existed and I didn't have this. And I'm sure it would have been nice if we had this in high school. And uh, sure it would have been nice if dad knew about this. And, and, and I could have been raised by how I'm wired and not how he tried to raise me. And shoulda, coulda, woulda. And I was not the best student to have. And then Dr. Rome would say, JJ, don't curse the darkness. Switch on the light. And I'm like, oh, I don't know what that means, but I'm going to write it down because it sounds good. Right? So, it, And then you, again, I, I got on my soapbox and I was whining on day two. Uh, and then Dr. Rome would say, JJ, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Oh, I don't know what that means, but it sounds good. I'm going to write that down. I was ready to receive it, Sarah. I was ready to receive it there. Um, and this is where uh, on day two, it, that was an epiphany, as in day two is where everything changed for me. I, For the first time ever, I understood me because of how I tend to act, how I'm perceived by others, and, and then when, when faced, how I tend to get angry and uh, and the possible perception people will have and how you come back under control. For the first time I, I had discovered this information, I had a chance to experience it live in, in with case studies that they've uh, went that we went through. And then how the, the model, the traits, the DISNC applies to you specifically. It was all about me, understanding me. And if I understand me, I can then better understand you. And I think that's where everything changed where it was no longer all about me, 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 me. It was about looking at other people, recognizing their needs, and then uh, meeting their needs. And it became very important when I had, uh, because for me, we had a, we got married, uh, my son, and then five years later, my daughter uh, was born. And I was always concerned that uh, former 
uh, military, hardcore, infantry, sergeant major, drill sergeant, that I was going to raise my kids, you know, in that, you know, too many movies out there of, uh, of bad parenting. And uh, you had a speaker, by the way, uh, on one of your podcasts that talked about parenting in a different way. And uh, I was in the same boat. I was because there's a, there's a saying that if, you, if, the, if the only tool in your toolbox is a hammer, you see everybody as a nail, right? And I didn't want to hammer my kids in regards to how I'm wired. They needed to be raised based on how they're wired. Well, it just so happens that the, uh, the company, Personality Insights, uh, has these uh, reports for kids and has these reports for teenagers. So that at a teenager level, they take a self-assessment to identify a vocational direction based on how they're wired. But I was interested in a kid's report because it was my daughter. And, and then I wanted to know how to parent to the traits of my daughter. And the report gave me of 30 plus pages of content. One third was for, for her. And so self-esteem, self-worth. You know, because it, it shows all of the benefit, all of the strengths that she has and, and she, well, she could receive it. I was very, very positive. The second third of the reports for the parent. So that was for me. This is what I was looking for. This is your child. This is how to parent to the traits of your child. That's what I wanted. Uh, and then the last third of the report, it's like cheating. It was for the teacher. This is your student. Mikael is her name. So this is your student, Mikael. This is how to teach to the traits of Mikael. So I would photocopy this every year and give that to her school teachers. <laughs> That's like cheating uh, because they were looking at this and it's like I gave them the roadmap to getting all the best that they, uh, that, that they can out of her. Uh, and she thrived uh, within that environment. So it made a big difference where I really started learning all this because the truth spoken is not as powerful as the truth that's been self-discovered is when I actually uh, was sent to Bosnia because I had to learn. So I learned on myself just by dissecting a book, but, but no training. I just had the, the, the author with me and I just dissected that book. But then uh, fast forward after about, about a year uh, coming out of uh, Bosnia um, is where about a year yeah about a year after uh is where uh, i got certified september of 1999 there my gosh i remember that date that's when i was uh, down in atlanta georgia to be accredited and certified and now i represent their interests as that i'm an executive master trainer for personality insights the first one in canada so um it was a life-defining moment and now i can take that same information and, and and do the same thing for others in regards to understanding that people don't do things to you they do things for themselves and sometimes we just get in their way uh, they bark Woof. So. it's definitely life-changing and to hear even you just say that little bit of switching the perspective um regarding like doing things for you compared to doing things for others and making that connection of like what do they need is so important um and i'm curious to know if you're willing to share a little bit about more about what your experience was like being in a multi-level marketing company um obviously you know the books really inspired you 
uh, to to create this new path. Um, but I'm if you're if you're willing, I, I'd love to hear a little bit more about that experience. Uh, I have nothing but positive about my experience with uh, Amway. That was the the company. Uh, it, it is a multi-level marketing uh, business model. One is well done and well administered from the diamond ship down. Uh, there, uh, what makes the difference is the education that, that comes with it, because you do have the because uh, now everything is on this little device on the iPhone, as in you can access to it and then you listen to the audios. So you have daily audios that you can listen to, like Zig Ziglar. I saw Zig Ziglar live and an event life-defining and now I'm, I'm actually rereading his book uh born to win so uh the book of the month that would come in and there's just very good nurturing books it's very positive and then you'd have your quarterly events so every quarter you'd go someplace but the what made the difference is that julie and i were building the business together as a couple so we had meaningful relationships, right? We have, we, you know, we would travel to the States. Uh, uh, you would have the, 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 the uh, small venues, but then once a year, you'd have the free enterprise in Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, a whole arena. I think one of the biggest sales meeting that they ever held was in Atlanta where 70,000 uh, independent business owners attended that meeting. Uh, one of the first meetings that uh, General Schwarzkopf, after the Gulf War, the first Gulf War, General Schwarzkopf spoke, the first place that he spoke um, after retiring from the military was on a Dexter Yeager Amway stage at Free Enterprise. And I'm like, how in the heck did you get the general? So it, it was, it's associating yourself also with uh, like-minded people makes a big difference. Now, fast forward today, I support that industry. I go in as their, as a speaker, whether I'll be, uh, it could be a Friday, Saturday or a Sunday and, and teach them exactly that, the model of human behavior in order to connect with people by design and not by chance, uh, how to promote events um, based on the different personas. How to how to sell with style? How to inform with styles, so that people can make an informed decisions of your services, your product, your opportunity. So I serve that community because I'm no longer actively building a business, but I am supporting that business. And another group that I support, that I have a big heart for, is the Medicaid Cosmetics uh, group. Uh, and uh, I started a program with them a few years ago, and. Um, there was this this director, Anik Sigeng. Uh, she, Sarah, is probably the highest D I style blend as in she's dominant, direct, demanding, inspiring, influencing, and in, uh, involved. She is like a rock star. And she just has such a lot of energy and she bought into the, the personality. She wanted to learn, learn a little bit more. She was very challenging. And because it's very r rare that you have a a man come into a all-female organization to be the instructor. They, they tend to teach on themselves, but I wasn't there to take the, the light. I was there to empower people within the organization for them to go and teach this methodology. Well, she bought into this and she got certified and accredited. And, uh, and then one season, about two years after, uh, she was honored 
as in as as being a she was a not volunteer she was one of the three selected to receive the highest award that you can get in Mary Kay, which is the spirit uh, uh, Miss Go Give, and Miss Go Give is completely completely her opposite personality styles, meaning that. It uh, has an S attribute. It's more reserved and people-oriented. It's all about serving. It's all about giving. They're the nicest people in the world. It's going beyond the call. And Mary Kay recognizes that, and they have that special award for them. That's her lowest trait. <laughs> because in, in, the, in, the, in the business and in, in, in DISC, we will often say your strengths will carry you. Your lowest traits should concern you. And the secret to your success is found in your lowest trait. And people go, what? I have to be? Not that you have to be. You have to be able to go and visit that quadrant by design and not by chance. And she did that. The fact that she was now the top three, right? Uh, and I was like, I saw her on the stage and I was so proud. Oh my gosh, you got this. Girl, you learn all this and you're able to flex and look. You, And, and then she didn't win because uh, the way that the voting goes, there was a representative in, uh, from Toronto, Ontario, and Toronto is a large crowd, so a lot of people from Toronto voted for that person versus she comes from a smaller village in Quebec, so she got a lot less votes. And I'm like, oh, she's not going to win. But I was so proud that, I, you know, and then I wanted to give her something for, for that. And I said, you know, Nick, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go from Ottawa to Montreal, right, for the next nine months. You're going to put 13 13 uh, Mary Kay consultants, and I'm going to teach three hours. I'm going to be, I'm going to do a, 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 a continuous educational training program for the direct selling professionals. And you're going to be the first recipient, and I'm going to do this out of my pocket. She goes, well, you can't do it. I'm going to do, I wanted to prove something. I wanted to prove to a, uh, uh, a clinical uh, psychologist that our model, when applied correctly, can, can, can generate. Well, she put 13 consultants in the room, uh, and we did nine months where I would two-hour drive, train for three hours, two hours back for nine months. At the end of nine months, her business grew by 30% without increasing the expenses. 30% increase. Out of the 13 she placed in there, uh, they got branded as Mary Kate Commandos. So a consultant can speak the power of one, as in you speak your, your personality style. But a commando, a Mary Kay commando, can decode one's preferred communication style and then offer the product or service and opportunity in four different ways so that the other person can receive the message. So 30% increase. And out of the uh, business volume that she generated that year, first time she reached the 300K, uh, the eight commandos represented 40% of that business volume. Fast forward the next year, because you can't unlearn this, there's more uh, commandos that came through her program. She now had 11 certified Mary Kate commandos. She reached a $600,000 range that year, and 11, 11 of her 300 uh, uh, consultants that she had, close to 300, generated 50% of that volume. So it's a tool that empowers you to do more. And uh, so it, it uh, to go back to the multi-level marketing, 
if you don't, if you've never been part of uh, an organization, whether it's Amway, Mary Kay, or another, it's all about people. It's all about people. And if you really focus on helping them acquire uh, what they want, you'll be able to acquire what you want from this. So you, you, it's you that you have to give first, right? And you give, 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 give. So fast forward, when 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 the results came in, the other directors from from that uh, from that unit, how come you don't work with us? I have something to prove. I had something to prove. And I was able to prove that if you take this model, the four temperament model of human behavior, and if you apply it, you know, as in discover experience and apply, if you apply it, there's going to be a behavioral change. The behavioral change will happen on month number six, six, seven, and eight, because it takes time to, for, for you to receive it, for you to accept it, and for you to, oh, wow. And then you, you adapt and you overcome. Uh, so uh, as of today, we've actually helped uh, 17. We've run about 17 of these programs. So then COVID hit, so it stopped. Uh, now we're looking at rebuilding the whole thing, but that you can actually do it virtually so that it'll be step-by-step step to follow the programs, but also with some time-to-time -time we'll, we'll have live events uh, for those who are interested in, in growing their business. So level uh, multi-level marketing uh, is a great opportunity to, um, yeah, to be your own boss, right? To, to, to have something that you have a little bit more uh, stick in it or a uh, stake in it or is it stick in it that you have more stake yeah not stick as in what to eat there but uh i'm french and i'm looking for my english word uh it would be steak steak mm -hmm. but it, it makes a big difference uh because there's a you're, you're in the people business any multi-level marketing you're in the people business you're there to serve and the more you serve others, the more you'll, you'll be able to serve. Um, it parallels a little bit towards to the uh, the four levels of awareness that I uh, that I teach. There's a there's an environmental awareness that we're going to go through. Then there's a um, there's going to be situational awareness, self awareness to bring us to legacy awareness. Environmental awareness is is a moment in time where we uh, discover or experience something new. I went to spy school. I went uh, more than once. I did five times in the UK. And one was on an interrogator course. I didn't know anything about that. All I heard is, who wants to go to the UK? Well, I want to go to the UK. And the first hour, Sarah, first hour, I am stripped naked, thrown into a cell, and interrogated. That was not written anywhere on the agenda. Mm -hmm. So... That's environmental awareness where it's like, oh my gosh, but if you're going to be an interrogator, does it stand to reason that you should know how it feels to be interrogated? So the Brits had a, a different way, a different approach as in, no, we're not just going to read a book on it and look at a video, or you're actually going to experience it. Uh, so I became a student right there because they use something called BSA, behavioral symptom analysis, because they could read my behavior by these uh, BSA techniques. Uh, and then I wanted to be a, I wanted to learn about this, and then I, I found out that it takes its roots in NLP, neurolinguistic programming. So I got uh, training and accredited in that tool, and now I, I'm able to teach BSA uh, how to read the message, because uh, you cannot not communicate. So it's a, it's a, it's a good program, but it's 
everything that you learn, these are like all these little tools that you keep on adding to your toolbox, right? Because uh, it's not like I'm going to interrogate everybody that I need, but I'm going to be able to read and to see if the message gets through uh, and, or, or not. Uh, so, and it's teachable. It's something that, that people can actually teach. So environmental awareness, then you go into situational awareness. So from a contact handler in the UK, all right, that's environmental awareness. I discovered, experienced something new. But then when I was in Bosnia, situational awareness, this is where I get the opportunity to apply what I've discovered and experienced. Nothing will prepare you uh, to go into a war zone. It's, it's like when, situational awareness is like when you get on the ground, you, you, know, you smell, you, you see, you, you can adapt. You're going to uh, do a training someplace. Perfect. You looked at the website. You looked at all the all the rooms. But once you actually get there, you see that, oh, they don't have 10-foot ceilings. They are actually 7-foot ceilings. Oh, wait a minute. Well, this is not going to work. There's nothing like having a situational awareness that is required. Self-awareness is the key. Anyone that really is going to thrive and hit that legacy awareness has a strong sense of self. Gone through some type of training, gone through some type of character building moments, learn about themselves, know how they're wired. I know that I know that I know that these are my gifts. I'm, I'm wired this way and, and then I'm okay with this. Uh, um, so if you don't have that, you, you quite often you will question yourself. But once you have that, you're ready to move to the next one, which is legacy awareness. And, and I would define legacy awareness of it would be everything that you've invested in your life outlives your life that your life mattered, that you made a difference. You left something behind that people can take and, and move to the next level. So legacy awareness is where you want to be. You want to be able to leave your mark uh, so that oh, you, you can look back. So I left my mark with 17 of these uh, multi-level marketing uh, teams. Uh, and then now they are able to impact more people than I will ever be able to impact. So that's legacy awareness. That's where I'm at right now. Uh, 20 years in the military, 25 years with this company uh, right now. And I probably still have another 10 to 15 years in me, God willing to keep on leaving a mark uh, and making a difference. So it's kind of cool. That's legacy awareness. There's the four levels of awareness. Definitely. And I appreciate how, you know, you shared the importance of continuous learning and, you know, really this whole connecting with people on who they are and, and what they need. I think those things are, are the key here, um, in, in what you've shared. And I, I, I'd love to hear your thoughts on when you talk about a disc assessment and, you know, people, you know, they learn their strengths, they learn their low points in this four letter model, four letter model, um, that, you know, has different, different meanings and explanations and all of that, that sometimes the unintended results, people are putting themselves in boxes, you know, how, how do you like work with that mind shift of like, don't put yourself in that box, but use this, use this to your, to your strengths. Yeah. The, the assessment um, is a great tool, but it's a start point for us to engage into a conversation. We even, we haven't validated the results. When you do the assessment, uh, you could do it alone at your home, or you can do it uh, live in person at an event. When you're doing it alone in the house, 
Do you have the proper mindset for the questionnaire? Uh, are you answering the questionnaire according to how you see yourself today? Or are you answering the questionnaire as ho how, how you hope to be one day? Are you answering the questionnaire as if you were at home? Or are you answering the questionnaire as if you were at work? See, mindset becomes very important. I can't control that when you're doing the training or the questionnaire. I'll have my instructions. I'll have a video. I'll send that out to at least enhance the possibility. But as soon as you do the assessment where I stand, it's a start point for us to engage into a conversation. And then we need to do a workshop. We need to do a one-on-one. -on -one. We need to go through the information for you to discover what does the D, I, S, and C trait represent by itself. Then you need to experience it. So I'll put you in a situation where you have to resolve a situation in the D persona, in the as an I persona, as an S persona, as a C persona. When you are going to be in your own persona, it's going to be easy because it's you. So yeah, boom, boom, boom. But when you're going to be in your opposite, you're going to go, uh, I'm clueless. Oh my gosh, I'm acluistic, one without a clue. You're going to struggle, and that's what we want. Right? We want you to experience what it is because most of your character building moments will come from the opposite style blend, not your primary style blends. You get along with your primary style blends quickly. It's the opposite. You know, then there's a famous saying also that opposite attract and then they attack up close. We tend to marry our opposite. Right? Opposite attract, way up far, and they attack way up close. So now we offer retreats, right? We do workshops for couples using the DISC model of human behavior. I'm glad I married you. I'm still glad I married you. Um, Dr. Ohm is thinking of writing another booklet called I Can't Believe I Married You. Uh, that one would be funny. Uh, and then even one before, I'm glad I'm going to marry you, you know, to prepare you for that long-term relationships. Uh, because those, those, that training was not there when I got married. Uh, I, we, Julie and I, we wanted to know if we were compatible. If we knew that there was a retreat where, you're, where you can be able to do a self-assessment and then learn the model, do case studies, and then look at how that applies to you, and then to make sure that you have out of the 41 different style blends possible, that you identify your style blends, that at the end you can say, I know that I know that I know. I have all four of these traits in me. And if I had to choose how to name mine, I'm very comfortable with the DC style blend. And my wife, Judish, happens to be the S. CI style blend, the supportive, cautious, inspiring style blend. And that's very helpful for me as 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 her husband, right? Uh, yeah, in May we're gonna be celebrating our 35th anniversary. So I don't think I'd be married today if it was for this, because I would have said, bye-bye, Serenera. But it's like it provides you a tool, a model of reference. If you don't have a model of reference, now I have my favorite. You know, I would say to your audience, pick yours. There's over a hundred plus of these: Mars Briggs, True Colors, Neo, MMPI, Enneagram, Strength Finder. There's the Bird Model. There's the Animal Model. There's many models out there. Pick one. Master it. Put in the effort, the time, and the investment. Get accredited. Get certified. Get more training on this. But use one. Mars Briggs is a great instrument. It'll put you in 16 categories. It was designed for clinical application. If that's the industry you're in, use that one. But pick one. I like the one from Marsden because 
is the, for me it's it's the one that's the easiest to understand and easy to apply and it has a force multiplying uh, aspect that multiplies people's capabilities my, i taught that to my daughter when she was uh, eight years old taught this to my son when he was 13. they've been discanized in this household we speak discanese we speak three, i speak three languages french english and discanese uh, don't look it up in a dictionary and made up that word. But now uh, I do retreats in Cancun in February for couples. And that's exactly where we go. We go through this model to better understand ourselves and how to solidify the, the relationship. Uh, and in the fall, it tends to be more business oriented, how to grow your business using a model. You will find yourself at a disadvantage, whether it's in business or your personal life, if you don't have a model of reference. Find yours find yours master it uh, if your audience does not have one there's a free online course that you can take on our website mastering the art of interpersonal skill sets it's four uh, four easy lessons uh, that, we, that you will get or four emails that you would get completely free because that's was what I was struggling in high school that I wish I had before it would have helped uh, so but your message your message and then your mission if you so choose to accept is to share with others so that's why we created this and we put it on our website um, so we will capture an email but then once you've received it you can unsubscribe to that email uh, so that you don't receive well you can receive our our newsletter the operative newsletters little fun stories that uh, i've experienced uh, that tends to show up uh, your podcast is going to be featured on one of ours uh, i'm pretty sure that they tend to do this they tend to uh, my team takes the, uh, the recording and they will uh, uh, write a, a post. And from that post, they will write an article. So we will leverage all of that information so that everybody can profit from uh, your insights or your uh, proactive uh, nature of uh, putting this uh, podcast in place for others to profit from. So it's all good. Great. Well, thank you for that. And, you know, I'm... I'm happy you also touched on, you know, the importance of, you know, these sort of assessments and like, they're not just used for business. It's also the interpersonal relationships. And, you know, you even mentioned wishing you had had it back 35 years ago when you were first getting married. So um, I think that's an additional great point to make. How do you raise kids, Sarah? Yeah. <laughs> right. Like if, if you buy a car, right. You, you get a, a two-inch or one-inch manual on everything on that car. If you buy a TV, you, you get a manual. Any piece of uh, you, equipment that you buy, you get a manual. But, you know, you, 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 you bring a child, uh, you know, in this world, and you get a slap in the back from the doctor and goes, good luck. It doesn't come with a manual. Research indicates that by the age of four to five, a child's preferences are already set. Four to five. And we have a psychometric assessment tool, little little exercise that you can do where the child looks at a little story and, and, and in the story, they select the robot they like the most in the story and they select the robot they like the least in the story. And that happens to be the 24 questionnaire. It was specifically designed for kids. And then from there, they will give them that whole overview of the, um, their, their persona, 
and then they will see themselves as the superhero that they are, that they were born to win, regardless of the traits that you have. You're gifted. And then from there, oh my gosh, uh, you just keep on nurturing this. And then there's little books that you can read at night. Hey, do you want to be David tonight? Or do you want to hear about uh, Irene tonight? Or do you want to be uh, read about Sam? Hey, do you want to know Claire? Like, because everyone has a is a superhero in a story. So you have bedtime stories where you keep on educating and equipping them, for, you know, so that they can have that best of protection when they go to school and not be overtaken by any uh, bullying out there um, and to protect them. I didn't have this when I grew up, when I grew up in school. Dad didn't have that information, but we did. So from there, as a parent, well, now we have an opportunity to also um, share that information with them uh, at a very young age. And, you know, God willing, once the grandkids start showing up, so my daughter and my son, they're they're 30 and 25, and I'm still waiting. Uh, My son has a cat. All right, we got a cat. Uh, that's about it. No little way that we can empower or, or, or you know or start teaching this uh, information, but they will have that information already that they can use because all of my kids are certified in the model of human behavior. Firstly, train them so that they are equipped with this information and they know that it exists, and then they can go and apply that with also people that they work with. My son. He's a senior financial advisor for the Canadian Coast Guard. I'm like, how do you become a senior financial advisor back then at the age of, in your, in, in your 20s? That doesn't make sense. But he had an ability of talking with people, he using that and having a conversation and then making a decision, you know, firm but in a nice way. So he thrived. My daughter was, uh, uh, she signed her first dance contract at the age of uh, eight or nine. Eight, eight years old. First, uh, and then she did competitive dancing for ten years, and she specialized in tap. Tap was her her go-to. And her last year, she won the special award for the solo, special awards for the duo, and the team tap uh, won the the diamond off, the diamond ship uh, dance off. And so she like capped out her career, thinking that I'm done, right? Because it's a big investment when you well, because I didn't I didn't have a hockey player. Up here in Canada, I had a professional dancer, tap dancer, uh, and then she started teaching. But she had the ability to connect with the students because she understood the personas and the parents. And the parents loved her because she was always being able to, to be firm with the parents and to be to be kind with the, with the dancer, but then sometimes to be firm with the dancer and kind with the parents, uh, where she was really well celebrated and she received the... Uh, the school uh, gold ring the, that year, she was uh, uh, honored as being the top uh, dancer at the school. So again, the model is used in different applications throughout. Now she's going to be a social worker, but she has an edge because she's decoding the, the client first and then providing the, the counsel that she needs to provide in a DISRC, firm, fun, friendly, or factual manner. So, because she's been diskinesed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Some, some great examples of how, how important this work is. Now, at the end of all my episodes, I do ask my guests a random question. So, my question for you today is, are you a morning or a night person? Oh, I'm a morning. 
Oh, Sarah. Yeah, I'm part of the uh, five o'clock club. Uh, lately, it's always been around four. Uh, maybe the, the changed, but yeah, I'm a morning person. I get more done in the morning. It's quiet, right? I do. I can. Uh, I like starting uh, in uh, scriptures or uh, devotionals. Then uh, read positive books. I get some thoughts and some ideas uh, before uh, anything else. But the house is very nice and quiet, so I am. A morning person. I'm part of the five o'clock club. Yo. All right, that brings this episode to a close. So, of course, if you would like to check out the interpersonal skills assessment that uh, JJ mentioned, a link to that will be in the description. It is part of his website, but his main website link will be there as well. If you'd like to connect more with him on the work that he's doing and see his offerings and all of that, feel free to check that out. And if you would like to connect more with the podcast, our website is in the description as well. That brings you to all of our social media, past episodes, good resources, contacts from previous episodes and all of that. And if you would like to support the podcast monetarily, there is a link to do that as well. Um, if you'd like to support the podcast by following us on social media, we are on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And if you'd like to be a guest on the podcast and share your story, my email is in the description as always. That is the best way to reach me. So thank you so much, JJ, for spending time with me today. And to my listeners for taking the time out of your day to hear a new story. Until next time. Bye. Have a good day. Bye.